So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to us. This is Matthew Bailey alongside my critique and finding crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BS Beats and Bailey. And at the time of this recording, it is um, Carnival Sunday. So, um, in a few hours, you know, the, the whole, um, whole country, sorry, will be, you know, enjoying Carnival, you know, the Bacchanalia and all that kind of stuff. While I'll probably be editing this episode of BSB to Media that you're listening to right now. Yeah. Uh, boy, you know, sacrifices. That's how it goes. But anyway, uh, we have quite some stuff. We have a quite we got, we have a good amount of stuff, I should say, to, to talk about today. So um, first things off, um, we have to talk about them trailers. But a whole bunch of trailers came yeah. out um, last week. Um, right. Most of them really, well, not most of them, but some of them really sprung up from the Super Bowl weekend, which is something that I honestly don't really give two shits about. But I really care about them trailers. But some really interesting trailers came out. So we'll talk about those in a bit. Um, yeah. Afterwards, we will talk about a movie that was just that was just um, that Netflix just literally brought out of nowhere actually around the time of the Super Bowl um, weekend anyway uh, this is a follow up or at least the latest addition to the Cloverfield film series yeah and this is the Cloverfield Paradox way ah uh, boy I, I have some stuff to say about that show but all in due time and finally uh, we will talk about uh, Oscar nominee, a Best Picture Oscar nominee, one that we've been excited to see. And both of us have been so grateful um, to see it on the big screen. I saw it yesterday at the time of this recording. You saw it a couple of hours ago, uh, Ricardo. So yeah. I hope that you have your. I hope that you give it some good thought, though, because I'll tell you one time this is one that you really have to think about a little bit, you know, before you can jump into like your ultimate conclusion as to whether you think the story works or whether you love the movie or whatnot. Um, this is Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Tread, and right. I still under the belief that this may not be Daniel Day Lewis's final uh, film. Uh, performance. I'm not too uh, sure, it's, but it's, it's, it's the Jay Z thing. It's the Jay Z thing. Yeah. I my attitude is that look, just make sure it's more Jay Z and less John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I would say if this is the last time we're gonna see him on screen, boy, I'll say he went over the bang, man. Man, come true real good. But yeah, all of that to do type, right? So first of all, uh, well, first off, sorry, we'll start with um with them trailers, boy. So um. Yeah. First one that I saw was for um, Mission Impossible, right. Fallout. Um, yeah. t- totally impressed by this. Although I would say this is like every every bit what uh, I expect to movie, see from a movie that, Mission Impossible movie, trailer. Movie that, just, that destroyed Justice League, right? <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. Because now we get to see Mister um, Mister Superman himself, Mister Clark Kent, Mister Henry yeah. Cavill, with the mustache, boy. See what the big deal yeah. is. Yeah. And I'll tell you one time, boy, Ricardo. I like that fight scene, boy. That fight yeah, you know, them. it's like Jeez, you could throw man. hands on wood. Yeah, like smashing people. <laughs> like yeah. I was, I was gay. Like, like this is like the intro to Casino Royale all over again. But like, this is like this yeah, yeah. this way. Like, wow, you know what I mean? Um, you're yeah. seeing all the insane stunts and the helicopter stuff. Of course, that yeah. one moment where I think his um is is Tom Cruise's ankle. It's like this ankle, something like that, um, got busted up. Got that one little jump. What's in one little? What am I saying? That one jump from building to building is like, oh, word, okay, that's what it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, this this looks great. Um, but once again, though, because it's Mission Impossible, you kind of know what to expect. You expect the, well, this is going to affect MI6 and 
this is going to impact what you've been doing all your time and i remember there's this one line where you say um, how many times have they disavowed um have they um oh gosh i'll forget any word basically kind of wiped out right. his existence basically it's like oh we don't know who who, who eaten hunters basically like how right. many times has that happened um, yeah i'll say again kind of a little tired of the whole him um you know defected from the government yes that, that thing there. yeah yeah but that's mission impossible. It's like, yo, if, if you don't think they'll disavow you, like, that's the paradigm. But disavow, I'll see that's how the you word, can yeah, carry disavow. the argument further. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. For me, I it, it, it kind of reaches to the point where it's like, you know, they could have stopped at the fifth one, you know. They could have stopped. Well, okay. But so, you're kind of right about it. You know. But because the fifth, the villain, didn't feel, it didn't feel too climactic. It's like, all right, they had to wrap it up in a better way. Yes. But these wrap up, it turns out. Yeah. And it was kind of setting up like it was going to be the end of it. Although I like how um, they kind of flipped it on it, uh, flipped it on the audience where they ended off like a like a um, like a TV show intro. So you see right. all the characters and you see the news like, oh well, it, it, it could be a series when you think about it, or this is right. a new chapter in in this series here, and this one here followed clearly as one. So yeah. I don't know. I, I just kind of wondering, um, like for me, just personally. Because remember, this is not um, James Bond, so it's not like you could change Ethan Hunt or Garnett's actor to play him, unless you want to do the Jack Ryan approach. I don't know, but still, right. the question is when is the series gonna end? You know what I mean? How much yeah. insane stunts is um, Tom Tom Cruise gonna do and get hurt and all that kind of stuff before you say I don't know? I just gonna do Oscar nominated stuff, right. you know? I, I don't know with this action thing. <laughs> I uh, it'll be interesting to see how they um how they're gonna do with this one because I, I was um. I was impressed with the villain in the last one. I really, really liked yeah, the villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how, they, how it was like an anti-version of MI6. In a way right. Like no, but I liked really... him. He was a great villain. The whole crisis of conscience. He, you know, he come up with a great plan. Um, yeah. His mindset of how you think about the world. And then the whole perfect plan thing. And he didn't take into account Ethan's randomness. No? Yeah. Um, to, to, and I thought that was great. Like, yeah, he pretty much had a perfect plan. It's just, you know, he didn't expect Ethan to be a crazy motherfucker, right? And <laughs> right. It worked, and then you know it. I preferred it to four, um, and I was like, "All right, well, you know, well, this one is still like, strong." I still have a, have a soft, uh, have a spot in my heart for for four because of that. Um, right. You know the Abu Dhabi scene. I mean, come right. on, come on, yeah. For me, no, four was a big disappointment for me in general. Um, you find but so? yeah, I okay. find, yeah, I find so for me. I, I just didn't like the, the script. The villain, I didn't like. I don't like the plot. Oh, um, I thought you were gonna say they like how um how. How um, Tom Cruise was trying to outrun a, a, a sandstorm. <laughs> I don't care for stuff like that. The, the, yeah. the spectacle looked great. That is not what I was complaining about. My problem is the, I find the plot soft. Okay. Um, but I find the plot for five was great. I really, really like the villain. The, right. What the villain was doing, what he was about. And so you can make it interesting, especially because it, it don't have to be as dumb as American. You know, it's trying to be the American James Bond without being triple X retard nonsense. <laughs> Lord. Or be post 9-11 America kick butt bullshit, right? Right. It really it really feels like a real American counterpoint to James Bond. Mm-hmm. And so that's why this franchise could kind of go on indefinitely in that sense. It's just you had to get make sure you have a good energetic actor. And it since it's American, it had to have more action yes. than James Bond. Yeah. Instead of the over the top over the top sci-fi spectacle that, that Bond is getting to, you you do something a little more grounded but still sci-fi. Right. But it's feel more practical. Yeah. Right, that's why I, I have a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with Tree as well. Tree had some gimmicky stuff in it that I enjoyed. Right. Um, for the most part. But yeah, this one looking good. It's it just a really good trailer. Love how it edited towards the music. Of course, yeah, yeah um, definitely, definitely. A lot of fun with that. Yeah, Henry Cavill could throw hands, so that's hilarious. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Jeez. 
Alright, uh, the next trailer that we got um, was for a movie that I knew little to nothing about except for the actor, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Skyscraper, boy. And I'll say this, right? Seeing right. The, the trailer for myself, I was like, okay, this is not what I expected. I didn't expect... Uh, like, I was expecting some kind of touring, you know, kind of thing. I didn't expect Die Hard, right. but... Oh, well, that's, it's, it's that's a, a kind of kinda, uh, multi... Uh, sorry, a ultra modern skyscraper kind of thing. Like the the premise was interesting. I'll give it that. The premise was right. pretty interesting, but then it kind of evolves to oh, a terrorist taking over, and now um, doing with 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 um with um a prosthetic um with a prosthetic leg has to make right. a jump from one point to the next, and it's like okay, we have to stop at that moment because. Yeah, yeah, folks, you have to see it in, um, I think it's in IMAX, I'm not too sure. But yeah, right. uh, it, it does kind of play off as like standard action fare, but it looks interesting. As I'll say, the premise is interesting, it's not what I expected to be, especially with yeah. the whole idea of the skyscraper. But, you know, the right. formula is there, so it's like, well, okay, you, we kind of know what's going to happen, I guess. I, I would like to see how they'll make this work. I mean, I expect it to be kind of trash and garbage. Some of the, like, like I admitted, some of Jane Johnson's movie, not outright. Um, flops in terms of movie, um, in terms of money making, but yeah, critically they're not darlings. I mean, Baywatch sucked. The last one, the earthquake, kind of sucked. Um, oh, San Andreas. I, I yeah. haven't even watched that movie yet. I, I just didn't yeah, get it. Yeah, it, it was it just it just felt flat because that's the worst part about it now. Yeah. So um, I don't I, I don't hate hate this necessarily, but yeah, it it it, it looking like it's gonna fall flat to me. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and I realize that Dwayne Johnson really trying to be. The last action hero, you know what I mean? Like every everything, like every year we're gonna get action flick from him. But um, right. I don't know. I, I I see he just go for it. Like he just wanna be the new Arnold Schwarzenegger or um or Sylvester Stallone from the nineties. Yeah. Just keep doing these these disposable action flicks. But right. at a point in time, he just had to find like a nice little franchise outside of Fast and Furious, of course, and just just ride with that man. You know what I mean? Not just but, these that's the thing. He, he, fly he by just, night he movies. You know, yeah, he know enough to understand. You know, the the agent, his agent, like get the right role, right um balance for him. Where he already in the big franchises, he already in a comic book franchise. You can't go wrong with that. Uh, well, in the case of DCU, you're not sure. I mean, you know, yeah, we we, <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Stuff, whatever. And he, you know, he's the person again. He just had to keep him keep his name in people's mouth now. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that's just a simple logic. And that's why I can't really be mad at a project like this. It might fall flat. I expect, in fact, I really expect <laughs> fall it to fall flat. flat. Yeah. No, I think it because of the poster with him <laughs> jumping. Yeah, that poster is like fall flat. terrible. Yeah, it, it, it's silly, but it, it catchy. It, it's very blockbuster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, another trailer which came out. Um, this was one that actually impressed me way more than the first one. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Okay. I yeah. was like, okay, this is a much better trailer. It reminds right. me a lot of um, of Jurassic Park, the Lost World. Sorry, the Lost Love World it, Jurassic yeah. Park, which is a movie I still defend because um, I like the darker, more graphic, quote-unquote, approach it. Where it's like, oh, well, dinosaurs are out and they're in suburbia and they could devour your dog and that kind of stuff. Now. So right. they are bigger threat in the real world than they are on this island. And again, this kind of vibe there, but I'm not too sure if everything is going to be concentrated on the island itself. Why I say that? Because I have this nice shot of like a, I think it's a, either a T-Rex or a Velociraptor targeted this little gill who was sleeping. I thought it was a great moment. It reminded me a lot of um, the Lost World. But this one, I like that they didn't rely on this gimmick of there's a volcano and dinosaurs are running and fleeing in fear and falling into the ocean. There's more stuff. Um, I was expecting to okay. see Bryce Dallas Howard running in high heels again, but we didn't get that. Right. But there's more stuff in it, but there's more stuff to keep you intrigued. But not to kind of sell out the whole story, because still at the moment, 
I still have no clue what's going on. It has some gimmicky stuff, especially with the T-Rex scenes and stuff, but it still looks entertaining, but in a Jurassic World kind of um, standard, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because what do you think about it? Jurassic World being this whole yeah, I, piece uh, and I, trying to be different, but not too right. different. Right. I, and... I was dismissive of the last film. It made a ton of money, but I, I really, really hated that teaser trailer that came out. Uh, this yeah. is a much better trailer, greed. Um, but eh, I, I'm still not feeling it. It's going to be all right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be Jurassic World again, just bigger and more, more T-Rex stuff. That's, that's it, really. Um, but I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Uh, okay, so uh, a couple more trailers that came out. Uh, well, this one is a teaser, but I call it a trailer still. Uh, Solo Boy, a Star Wars story. Right, yeah. Um, it looked good. It looks very right. good. The actor is still a little iffy about I don't, but I can't right. really knock him down because it just depends on what he brings to the, to the role and to the story and what the story is about. The premise is kind of interesting, but, um, like uh, I heard this comment made before about the trailer is that what why people not really feeling it is because they're kind of selling this thing that Han Solo was some kind of hero before and he's not right. the, the kind of reckless rebel as he that was before before he met with Luke Skywalker and him. so like you're kind of marked this thing like oh well he's a hero now and then years later I don't know he got jaded and then he become a hero again so I don't know right I, I'm not too sure of the approach of this but I mean visually it looks really good I love the music that they use here Woody Harrison I mean, WTF, yeah. he's there. Um, Charles Gambino, boom, don't love it, looking hard. Right. Um, I love that last shot um, with the, you know, the um, the tentacle creature, whatever it is. <laughs> a good kind of tro- uh, callback to Empire Strikes Back. Of course, Chewie, but boy there. So yeah. I want to see how their relationship started off. I, I hope that we get some really great and same moments with, you know, the early years of Chewie and Han Solo. But once right. again, though, that, that, that lead and what they do with him are still undefensible. Right, I remember a lot of people was making noise about where they could have gotten this other guy who actually really did a pretty good job of playing a young Harrison Ford. Um, and they should have casted that guy instead, instead of this guy. And it, they had to do acting classes, and I said, I will talk. All of that? Uh, okay. I'm going to go as far as saying that, uh, yeah, they shouldn't really, they shouldn't have, like, more and more thinking about it. They should have probably go with a Lando movie instead. Like, yeah. the problem yeah. always that for a world building standpoint is only so much you could do with him. So. And I'm not really that impressed with. Um, so Hansel was that character. Like at this point, I don't care to see his story. Yeah, especially when we know what it, what Disney's doing doing with the Star Wars movies. Yes. Like for the most part, I like the Star Wars movies, but like I don't really care for Solo as a world building character. It looking okay. Yeah. Uh, another thing that kind of throw me out of it is that it looking like Rogue One in terms of its dark, kind of gritty look again. Yes. I'm like yes. yeah, but Rogue it makes some sense for Rogue One, but it don't make no sense for a Han Solo movie. Yeah. Like think shouldn't thing be more bright and upbeat. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't hate this, but yeah, it really looking sketchy at this point, and I know I really kind of worried about it. This might be the first kind of big flop for, for the Disney Star Wars stuff. Yeah, well, but what is interesting though is the release date though. Like we get this thing May the twenty fifth. I told you right. like honestly, I didn't even hear anything about when it was released, uh, when it was going to be released. But I told you know with with Disney's formula, we were getting the same for Christmas. So like, nah. oh, it coming on Memorial Day. Well, okay, nah. all right, good, okay, <laughs> we we doing yeah. that, all right. Um, and another person, well, another reviewer that I, I follow on YouTube, actually kind of compared this to Guardians of the Galaxy, especially with Woody Harrison's character, you know, like him right. creating his team or whatever. So, I don't know, it's like, the tone of it, I'm not too sure if it works, because, you know, Han being this rebel and all that kind of stuff, right. but 
Yeah. I don't know if it I'm works not... here. I'm not too sure. And even right down to like the title card at all, it's kind of still sketchy to me. It's just like uh, right. Okay. I, 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 yeah. I, I, as I said, you know, the movie had a real, a real sketchy kind of production. You know, those boy Lord and Miller got kicked off. Um, they bring in Ron Howard. It's like okay, he's a, a decent enough. Um, he's a decent enough replacement director. I, I still generally respect Ron Howard as director. Me love too, Rush. Me too. Yeah, love, love Rush. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm not, I, I'm still worried about it because again, it's so sketchy. But again, it could turn out like Ant Man. That's all. That's the best hope I have from it. Yeah, you know, it's something that had a troubled production, but it, it could turn out well. So it's right. fine. Um. Oh yes, we didn't mention that Ant Man and, and and the Wasp trailer that came out week before though. Um. Okay. Yeah. Which okay, I was I was I was impressed by it. Um. I like. The fact that that Marvel is going out of the way to actually give us a dynamic duo, if you will, um, right. in one movie is cool. They they kind of show off some shots like you know with the the slow mo with with the wasp jumping on the knives and stuff like that. And I like yeah. how they're still playing on the whole you know shrinking, um, re- right. um you know, gigantic kind of it, thing. Like it, it, shrinking building yeah. make any sense to me, but well, no, but it still looks. Fun. It, it looks still fun yeah. Like the power uh, car. Like I thought that was so dumb, but and I like I like so that fun. it follow up on the consequences of uh, they follow up on the consequences of Civil War. So oh yes, yes. You know, Ant Man he got jailed. He and then well, they, they came after. They obviously will come after the um, Wasp and well, the father. Nah? Yeah, and that makes sense to me because it's like yeah, he have a sort of secret shit, and the bare fact he would be associated with a terrorist in some form or the other would would have the government come after him. Nah? Yeah, um, it work. Uh, so I want to see what they do with the script and where they make it work. It looks like a ton of fun. It's looking great. And yeah, I want to see what they do with this. It's actually a pretty exciting trailer. Right. Yeah, we didn't talk about um, But on the subject of, of Marvel, just for a bit, we got the Super Bowl spot for Avengers Infinity War. I yeah. want to see it. looks pretty good. I mean, we see a bit of Iron Man. We see some more stuff with um, with uh, with Spider-Man. A nice little shot with him. Um, and it's just... this. Uh, it's just like just adding an extra layer to what we got with that with that still amazing uh, first trailer that they dropped for us um, last year. Yeah. Um, not giving us too much, of course, but just enough to be like, okay, okay, I like that. I like that last shot with uh, with, with, with Debo, with Debo Thanos smiling. I was like, okay, yeah. okay. He's, he's up to something, sneaky bastard. All right, all right, I like that. Yeah, I, I really like this trailer. Just, you know, just, just how it edited the music. It really look, you know, they really get a sense of epicness with it. Just, it have a cool part with Spider-Man pulling off his mask for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why you're doing that, but I, I don't cool. know, I don't know, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's keep on Marvel again. Oh, boy. Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah. This is hands down probably the best trailer I have seen of last week. Just from right. a marketing uh, perspective. Um... I love the setup of it where you're getting to see Cable for the first time on screen. Um, and it's like, well, word, okay, okay. We're seeing Josh Brolin being being, um, being Cable. He's being badass, all that kind of stuff. And then it just kind of stops. And you see, you know, the, the, the VFX hasn't been improved as yet. You know, it's still yeah. in, in, in post-production phase. And, of course, Deadpool, you know, fought war-breaking um, style. Says, you know, like, what the hell is this? Blah, blah, blah. And then we just finish up the scene and then he does this Lego scene with it. I was just like clapping. I was like, yes, yes, yes. I'm loving this. I'm loving this, this fourth wall meta style that, you know, they've been applying to their trailers here. There. And then, of course, you get your, your, well, you get the montage, which looks awesome, by the way. I love you seeing all the characters just throwing down, doing badass stuff. And yeah, I just, I just really, really love this trailer. And, Dude, let me just talk, well, just to mention, of course, to that excellent poster. Kids, if you don't know what what, uh, what Flashdance is, ask your parents. That's all I yeah, have to yeah. say. That poster, brilliant. 
I just really love any marketing um, scheme, well, marketing plan here for, for Deadpool 2. But I hope that it does pay off in the end. I hope it's not just a bunch of gimmicks and a bunch of, hey, remember this from the 80s? Remember this? Remember that? And then when you see it's like, yeah, but the first one was still better though, you know what I mean? But right. What were your thoughts on the poster and the, the, the new Yeah, trailer? yeah. I, I love the trailer. Really, really funny. I like that they throw some shade at Mustache Gate in Justice League. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's great. Oh, by the way, we should have mentioned, well, I should have mentioned this after, but some dudes like did with some AI face stuff. Did the same mustache thing and did it on way cheaper. So, I mean, that is further embarrassment for that whole thing. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, I didn't know. Yeah, sad. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate uh, how that whole thing played Anyway, but, yeah, funny, funny trailer. Great. They made fun of the whole grimdark. You know, I'm a badass from this and I suffered. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And, you know, what was so sad about that is fucking the... Venom trailer come out after and do that same bullshit that did Deadpool just make fun of. Yeah, like, uh, we will talk yeah. about the Venom trailer, boy. Oh boy, that Venom trailer. Um, I just want to just mention this though. Um, a deleted scene from uh, from Justice League dude, was late was leaked last week. Right, I, I saw a little clip so right that it was pointless. I was like, bullshit. yeah, but that really not I tell you. Ooh, a black Superman suit. Ooh. Yeah, okay, but wow. yeah, yeah, we shall see it in the movie. No one cares. So so why 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 did Justin Lee was doing stuff and Superman was nowhere to be found? No, he just went to the Fortress of Solitude and saw a black Superman suit. So hey, nobody yeah, who cares. cares? <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. he, yes, he was so stupid about that, right? We saw him in a black Superman suit in the dream sequence in Man of Steel. So why is that a big deal? Yeah, it's not like it's something image-wise you don't understand. No, I, I, we I see think him I, in a black suit already in Man of Steel. I think I think the piece the people the reason why people reacted so much is that. They wanted to see him, like, you know, as Superman Returns, you know, literally. So it's yeah, like, well, why wasn't he in that suit? Um, yeah. I don't know, because movie? Because yeah, Zack Snyder? Movie. I don't know. Zach, yeah, they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> so anyway, um, so moving along. So yeah, boy. That Venom trailer, boy. That was right. number one in trending. So I'll just start, right? So um, this was a letdown for me. But yeah, then again, I went, I, went, uh, I went with my expectations low anyway. But come on, is Tom Hardy playing freaking Venom? The least he could have shown her was Venom himself. Maybe not maybe not Tom Hardy turning into Venom, but just show us a little second or a little two second, a little flash of, of Venom now. Or just the, 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 the roar that he makes. No, they get this meme-worthy shot. And I even I use it too for uh, for my cover photo right now on, on Facebook of a Tom Hardy on a, 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 a on a bed just screaming yeah, yeah. like the, if it, if it's looked down if it's scroll through all the um, the comments it's like I think it's at the one sixteen point it's just people saying um like 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 when, like when your Wi Fi cuts off or when you didn't save that last level of your game yeah you know what I mean yeah. it just it just turned it into this meme dread basically and I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I think it deserves that because it is unintentionally funny. That's that one moment. Um, everything else about it is just like, okay, you see the ship. Um, supposedly when Tom Hardy was screaming, bit of the, the a gel. bit of the, the gel up his neck. Yeah. But to me, I didn't see enough of it to, to be like, oh, oh, okay. No, I didn't right. really see enough. Um, and you saw, you saw the, um, the symbiote in like a case or container of some sort. Like, all right, yeah, okay. um, one shot of Tom Hardy on a bike and some car chase. Right. And like, well, okay, so um, I, why, I on what, somebody on Facebook uh, showed a cut with what he should look like, where they had a cut of the trailer, but the trailer look is actually showing him in the Venom outfit. From a shot from the top, 
and then him on the side, but I don't know if that was a fake. I had no idea. Right. But yeah, other than that though, yeah, it, it was, it was, and yes, I understand. It's a teaser. Don't, don't, don't show me everything. You don't need to. Become yeah. the man, dog. I mean, it's yeah, still hardly playing Venom. Show me a little bit more. Now. Don't, don't cheat something. us out, though. I, I felt that they yeah. really did cheat us there. But your, your thoughts on it, if anything? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, lazy hated it. Um, that's just the thing. It's lazy. Pointless. It's lazy. It, and it's generic. It's, it's yeah. Sony again doing what Sony does. Yeah, Sony does. Uh, and again, the whole premise, the whole premise of it is silly. I mean, like, wait, why, why are you doing a Venom movie without Spider-Man referencing Spider-Man? Where are you going to do? How are you going to do this? And it's just Sony doing the laziest shit. I hear they want to do this big cinema, cinema six paradigm, and all of them going to come together to take down Spider-Man or some bullshit like that. Like, right. yeah, I have, dumb, I have a dumb question, right? This yeah. is in no way related to the Amazing Spider-Man, right? This is about. I don't think so because what they go and hire another person for it. I don't it's unclear. I don't think so. I don't think they're just doing a, a doing their own thing, but they're kinda of doing like what they do in the dark universe where they start a new own thing and then it'll cobble together in a real kinda of weird way. Right. And then so it's a Sinister Six movie, but without Spider Man to start them off with. So they're trying to do everything backward now. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. This gone to, I this and, is, and you this know is, just so you know what's the excuse? The fans wanted to see a Venom movie. That's the problem, is that nobody gave a shit about Venom without Spider-Man. All of this all of this don't make any sense or, or works without the context of Spider-Man. The premise is a decent premise, but it only matters because it happened to Spider-Man. Exactly. Right? It impacted so no Spider-Man's life, you know what I mean? That, that, that's what Spider-Man tree tried to do, tried to show yeah. us. You know what I mean? But However, the poster looks dope. Um, I hated how... Right. We had to, like, okay, after the scream, you had to give us, like, this whole 20, 30 seconds of the, the logo showing up on screen yeah, as, like, um, yeah, you're right. Like, this is lazy, Johnny, because they're giving us more, man. Now, even a little piece of the end with the with with the face, you know, with the mouth, with the eyes, nothing is just Venom, October. That's it. Right. <sighs> it, it, it didn't work. Um, I, 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 again, you're doing everything backwards. This is this is the this is the dark universe all over again. I think this movie gonna fail. Um, I don't root for anything to fail, but I mean, jeez, boy, this nothing about this, everything about this from its conception to marketing to its hype to how to build the hype had me sleeping the entire time. Like, <laughs> and the only person I see who was hyping it, I know, is a person who I think is is incredibly disingenuous. You know, it's, it's one of those edge lord types to say. Where the bed because everybody think gone feel like gone hyper so it might work so I can say they're wrong. It's like that kind of jackass now. And right. I'm not really impressed with this this whole process at all. I sorry, I just think you gone feel. Yeah, I yeah. mean it, there's a possibility of it happening in my opinion. Because just first and foremost, we don't need a Venom movie. We just don't need it. Yeah, it, well, but, I mean it, look, it could be good, not sure, but I, I don't expect that. Yeah. Alright, um, and finally, um, uh, uh, well, a teaser that I, well, I guess it's because I don't watch the Super Bowl at all. I don't really care for American football. I'm sorry. Uh, went yeah. to the status, introduced it, still didn't care. But um, a trailer, or sorry, a teaser, quick teaser dropped for a Netflix release uh. called The Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah. Now, what makes it interesting is that people, well, this is what I heard, right? People are like, oh, well, when is this going to come out? It was like, yeah, right now, actually. It's out, yeah, like, right nice. now. Uh, so, <laughs> I well, as in February 4th. So, um, 
uh, well, we both of us got to see it, so yeah, let's jump into the movie reviews here one time. Um, so before we get into the Cloverfield paradox, I uh, just want to talk briefly about Cloverfield itself, right? Um, yeah. The franchise aside at all. So for me though, um, 2008 Cloverfield, I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm actually one of the few that did not get to see it on big screen. I have a feeling I probably would have enjoyed it more if I saw it on big screen, but then again, with that shaky cam approach, I'm not too sure if I would have been able to, to sit through it with, um, you know, eating popcorn and, you know, drinking soldric or whatnot, I probably would have been vomiting. Then again, with me as a wearing glasses and all, shaky cam to really affect me. I just always focus right. on the center of the screen, not so much left and the right shaking. But anyway, um, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a really unique take on the, the monster genre, you know, like, you know, what Godzilla and King Kong were. Um, yeah, the, the kaiju, of, yeah. yeah, the kaiju, right. The use of the green screen, uh, sorry, the use of the shaky cam really added a, a, a yeah, realistic feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I also love how short and sweet it is because this movie was like hour and 20 minutes or so with credits. Yeah. It just stuck to its point and didn't overstate welcome. It just did what it had to do and boom, that was it. Um, it gave you enough, like, holy shit, I was like, oh my god, you know, like the, the scene with the, um, the, um, the scene with the uh, Statue of Liberty, the head being ripped off and thrown. Yeah. Um, and I like that they, they kept things sort of secretive. You still don't know what the creature was, although like um, like when if you look at like behind the scenes stuff or, you know, um, commentary on it, it's basically a uh, baby creature basically. Um, and it's just running about and it's scared because it's being attacked by humans and all that kind of stuff. So like how this creature would react in a situa- situation like that. Um, but I really enjoyed it though. It had moments that made me jump and I just love how they tried to make it as low budget as possible even though you could tell they spent a pound and a crown on that movie especially with the marketing. Um, right. So I thought that it was just like a one-off thing. We wasn't going to get anything well maybe a sequel but I didn't think it needed I, I didn't think it needed a sequel but anyway um, and then cut to eight years later where we got 10 Cloverfield Lane um which also the trailer of it dropped like about a month before the movie came out and yeah. caught people completely off guard. And for me, you know, I was like, well, okay, is this a continuation of this movie? So, yeah, so why do we have Mary Elizabeth Winstead and John Goodman? Why is she in this bunker, wherever it is? Why is John Goodman being a creep? What is going on? What does this have to do with, with, with um, gigantic monsters and whatnot? Um, and then I really started to understand the gimmick really where... In a sense, when you think about it, Cloverfield is like there is like you know um, G.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves' sort of Twilight Zone, if you will. So it's like right. different stories, but it's within the same Cloverfield universe. So Ooh. anything literally could happen. It could be this like Ten Cloverfield Lane, for example, which was a great, a solid trailer in my opinion. This could have happened before the events of Cloverfield or after. We don't know. Um, but I still enjoyed it as a thriller, just as a contained thriller. I really enjoyed it. And the end, though, even though, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, they do go for sci-fi, and I thought that would... I thought that was, like, a great touch, actually. Kai was thinking, oh, this is going to be a straight-up thriller from start to end. And know in the last 10, 15 minutes, it was like, oh, this is actually kind of sci-fi. So I was like, well, weird, okay. So it does tie back to the first film in a way, but not exactly. Um, and now we have Cloverfield Paradox, which... Um, I believe was supposed to be released late last year as the God Particle. I remember this was one that was right. supposed to have an IMAX release down here in Trinidad um, late last year, but I didn't know anything about it. I didn't see any trailers fit at all, so I don't know. But right. it's later on where I learned that it actually was supposed to be part of the Cloverfield universe or something like that. Um, okay. But the gimmick is with this one here is that this was supposed to 
answer some of the questions that both Cloverfield and Ten Cloverfield Lane had asked. I was like, all right, well, is this is this the paradox that the, that, that, that the title suggests? I don't know. But yeah. before we get into that, though, um, Ricardo, your, your, your thoughts on the Cloverfield saga thus far? Uh, yeah, uh, right. The first film, I wasn't the biggest fan of, frankly, because I thought the shaky cam stuff was just a little too fucking ridiculous. Um, uh, kind of gimmicky, like, I, I can imagine. A little gimmicky, but the problem is that, dude, like, a camera don't shake that goddamn much. Holy shit. Um, like, I get well, you're supposed well, to be good, panicking. But, yeah, yeah, but, um, valid point there, yeah. I get you're supposed to be panicking and everything, but, like, they really overdo that shit. It was really distracting, even for the paradigm. But a lot of people got into it to find those cool sci-fi world buildings. Had one moment that was pretty badass where this girl basically explode because she had one of those things in her. Yes. Oh, I love that scene. <laughs> yeah, that was a real brutal them, scene. Them little teeny tiny, you know, little yeah. thing. Yeah, I love those. Those those added a, a really nice creepy touch to the movie. Yeah? Right. Like, yeah. Um, the thing is, it, it did a lot of world building that this movie kind of dismisses because they, they mentioned that well, the Clovian monster is more into a real kaiju. Um, right. Where it's more natural, but then this movie kind of, this new movie kind of dismisses a lot of that. Uh, well, at least that's the implication. Um, uh, for me, it this was pretty decent overall. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, had fun with it. Uh, yeah, again, the shaky camera was a little too much. And again, I just hated the main character, the guy who was holding the camera. Hated that dude. Mm. Such a douche. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was good, decent sci-fi world building. And then, well, with the Cloverfield sequel, Cloverfield. I remember having a lot of fun with this. Um, great, great script. It didn't seem to connect to that first movie at all, as far as I know, other than name. Yeah. Like, I, I could make a connection unless you're really going to fan... fan um, you're going to fan tear yourself into that. Yeah. Um, it's it's um, a, a kind of a stretch. Because you see that, like, like, at the very end, if you look at it, it looks more like, like an alien ship is the invasion. Exactly. Not so much this creature that came out from the, you know, I was going to say lagoon, but um, actually came out from the, from the ocean. Right. And for me, um, it felt like a movie that could have been a little more to flesh out a little that. I wanted to see some more of the alien stuff. Right. So it, it felt like half of a film and, a, you know, half and three quarter of a film. Yeah, almost like they just needed like a really great twist, like, you know, J.J. Abrams and the, the Hitchcockian right. twist. Yeah. So here, here, here's, let's bring in the sci-fi thing and people will be like, what? And I, I was like right. that. I, I remember, I think in my, our review of it, um, what I complained about was it should have been like, you know, the double movie now. So you see how movies like um, Gone Girl and Room was, where yes. it, 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 it felt like two different movies, but leading into each other. We should yes. have gotten that with this. Right. It should have ended there. We should have gotten like a good 20 to 10 minutes left uh, extra to flesh out more of that and just give us a, a kind of second week in arc now. Mm. And they should have made the effort to write that. But whatever. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. It was great. You know, everybody had good chemistry. Um, George Goodman was great in it. Oh, yes. Um, I, like, I like the central premise of, and it, it had a kind of, you know, if anything, a slight feminist subtext of, well, even if he's right, he's right for the wrong reasons and he should still, you know, don't do, do take him on. Now, that's, that's what I kind of got from that. Right. I'm in terms of the authority character now. Um, he's right, but he's right for terrible reasons. And he's right for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like a lot of that on how it, why it worked in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it and overall. And then, well, we're going to talk about this new movie and boy. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, you just want to run through what, what, what the premise is about, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, right. I'll tell you why later, but continue. Yeah, so... Uh, I'm going to talk about something a little after, but whatever. I'll talk, let's run through the premise. So basically, the world runs out of energy. Uh-huh. Like, it's a big energy crisis, some sort. So they decide, all right, we're going to make a big, giant 
um, Hadron Collider type device up in space, big particle collider, particle device, not sure what is, whatever you want to call it, smashing atoms, atom smasher, that yeah. shit. And it's too big to last on Earth, it's too big to build on Earth, but it's big enough to operate in space. So they build it. And the plan is to build it and apparently unlock some type of energy to use on Earth so they could replicate the results on Earth to solve the energy crisis. But then they decide to do it and it was stable for a while, but then things go wrong. And basically it's implied that they got sent to another parallel reality that was doing something, a similar experiment at the same time. So you basically get a Star Trek mirror universe teleportation shenanigans going on. Yeah. And <clears throat> then and then chicanery ensues and the movie becomes um, you know, event horizon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, That's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. So um your your your, your thoughts on, on, on the the paradox of Cloverfield. Uh <laughs> boy. It's not the worst <laughs> thing ever. But I mean look how you could waste a fucking script. Eh? Uh <sighs> It just, I mean, uh, it was really half-assed. They didn't take this one out. It looked good. It's well shot. A little on the cheap end, but this really feels like, to me, it feels like a, a, you know, it feels like a really, like, poorly taught-out Black Mirror episode. Yeah, yeah. That's what <laughs> it felt like. That cable from Netflix making all the more ironic. Right. Yeah. Like, Black Mirror, almost all Black Mirror episodes better. It, it feels like if Charlie Brooker, like, just say, he just half-write it, a first draft, and say, fuck it, like, put it up. That way it feel like. Right. It really felt like that's really lazy. A lot of it didn't make sense or connected it very well. It didn't have any logical things and everything is just, well, quantum this, quantum that. But no, it think even if you're saying quantum stuff, it should have a, still a logic to it. No. And it had no logic to it. Oh. Especially a couple things we're gonna mention. Well, big spoilers ahead. I don't really care about spoilers, right? Um had a hand that was moving and he, the hand was conscious somehow. How? Yeah, how? How? <laughs> that makes sense. That um, guy, guy not bleeding out. It's like, wait, where the where's blood going exactly? Why is it sealed off? Is it burnt off? How Dude, how this working? As you mentioned that, there's, there's there's one scene right where where they find uh, uh um, let me just say she she's uh well she's one of the former um team members now, and she's like wrapped up in a bunch of like wires and pipes and stuff like that and no, that, needed, right? that was the part i could accept so, i had no problem i with was that. like okay so the next day where, where they clean well, all of a sudden she like all cleaned up and everything so no 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 um no wounds I, no 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 i don't i didn't no, mind no that stitches nothing just no, i didn't mind that because i didn't mind that because it's whether it's future medicine whatever future medicine like Psst. i didn't Bruh, mind come on, that, that come doesn't on. have a big deal with that <laughs> My problem is that the stuff didn't logically make sense with, with certain things. Like, okay, so the worms going inside the fella's belly was like, why? And then how they had no to do certain things and tell people other things. Like, wait, where are coming from? It, it feels more like Stephen King bullshit rather than, you know, actual science fiction. I feel right. more fantasy than anything. That was my problem. Because it, it had this kind of Lovecraftian bent everything now. Yeah, you're right. And you're right. that didn't really work. Like, look, I have no problem. You're going to another dimension and bringing creatures across. Or you're cutting... Like, somebody hand gets sucked up in a quantum something, but then it'll just show up somewhere because it gets teleported, so he loses his hand and he will be bleeding out. Mm-hmm. But they decide to do it like, well, it's somehow still working, and then the hand conscious, and he can't control it. Like, wait, how? The causality didn't add up at all. Yeah. For what they wanted to do. And, and because, then... Uh, because you're working with science fiction, you have to you have to have a proper explanation as to why these things are happening. Not just, right. oh, well, it's shock value. We wanna, Another we big problem is that... Out. No. Okay, so I don't know if I, I just, just not pay attention in the beginning, but I just didn't get the sense that the main character lost a family in the beginning. 
I, you know, to me, I thought that I was something that, that happened with her doppelganger or whatever you want to call it. I right. thought that was just something that happened to her. So it's just like, well, the... this is a possibility okay, so, again, that could spoilers, happen. So, but... Right. Spoilers, the girl from the other dimension, she comes across. Really, like they switch places now. So she comes across and she's like, well, um, I, I know your version on the other side. And, she, you know, you're missing. I know you're missing children. And I said, oh, well, in this reality, your children are alive, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool. I get all of that. Great. It's a great moral argument. You could talk about you know, the other person's life and you got to see your family, but it's not your family, blah, blah, blah. The problem is that at no point they set her up emotionally or visually to make me think that she lost her family in this side. Right. I didn't. I, yeah. I, I don't know if I missed a piece of dialogue to say, oh, she knew she to children. Because that's not a piece where she was just watching the children in a window and they had it there. I'm like, yeah, but it, did they really lose the children? Who, what happened there exactly? Yeah, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right, yeah. Whatever. Right. Um. Okay, well... For me, here's the thing with this, right? <sighs> this is kind of hard to, to really review, boy. Because for one thing, I, I just went in completely blind. I wasn't sure exactly what was going yeah, to happen. Yeah, me too. What Everybody went. Everybody did. Um, now, okay. I wasn't expecting that they were really going to try to answer certain questions about what happened here with the last movies and whatnot. I just wanted to see how does this connect really with um, Clover, right? So, apart from calling the ship itself, um, I think the ship itself was called Cloverfield or yeah. something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was telling myself, okay, well, this car be the only reason why, right? So, there has to be something going on here. And when the story itself started to develop, I was like, well, you know, it's exactly what you said. This does feel like a Black Mirror episode, you know what I mean? This whole altered reality thing. But here, I just felt that it was just trying way too hard to, to, to be what it was trying to be. So basically, you want to be like Event Horizon. You want to be this contained um, horror film in space. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just, it was, it just felt uninspired to me. It just felt like, okay, I've seen these things a million and one times already. I've seen Alien. I've seen Event Horizon. And what the movie does, it's going to try to do something a little bit different, a little bit something intriguing and, and most importantly, disturbing and scary. No, you just want to rip off the same stuff. So hey, let's have a shot of a guy's hand moving about. That yeah, will freak people out. Ah, no, it didn't. Yeah. Um, the part that did freak people out though was the part of the worms. But then you're right. When you think about it, the logic behind it. And then because of me trying to figure out the logic too, it was just it just became too much of a chore to me. In my opinion, it's it, 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 yeah. a point where I just kind of zoned out. I just got bored. I was just like, all right, when does this thing get interesting? When does thing when does this thing get scary? And then on top of all that, now you want to kind of tie it back now to what was going on. Well, down on Earth, you have this narrative with um this guy um, what's his name again? Uh, David, 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 David. Um, well, oh yellow, yeah, oh right. So you have this yeah. narrative with him. I tell myself, okay, so this is the kaiju attack going on. This is something, but it's going on. Oh no, on no, that's, that. that's not that's not David. That is the 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 husband or the husband. Yeah. On Earth, right? Yeah. Okay, well, that's yeah, somebody no, else. Yeah, no, no, that's not David Oyelowo. Right, right, was, was captain. Oh, right, I was confused. Right, he, right. So David plays the captain, right? So there's yeah. this, this subplot with him down on Earth and all this kind of thing going on. And Which was I, terrible. I tell myself, okay, so we're going to see what's going to happen here. Is it the actual kaiju? How does this relate to what's going on up there in space? Yeah. I don't know. I, again, I couldn't, I couldn't piece together that, that kaiju was on the on the planet yet because like, did I show a shadow of a creature kind of? I'm like, okay, they show up. But they didn't mention anything like that. It's like, well, what's going on? And it's yeah. like, okay, so is the, is the from the other side? Is more monsters? It was yeah. unclear. Or, or it could be the, the alien, quote-unquote, thing from um, 
from Ten Cloverfield Lane. We right. don't know, but the movie just does not stop and say it just once again it's just beating us, beating us, telling us, well, maybe, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, and the movie just keeps doing that. But then, if it, if it just casts all that aside or you focus on the story, to me, right, I find it was just bland. It was dull. I didn't care about the characters. I wanted to care. I really do. I wanted to care about the captain. I wanted to care about um, uh, douchebag Daniel Brühl, who was just... Well, okay, he's not a douchebag, but in the film, he was a douchebag. Please, well, right? they, 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 no, they did a good job with the whole... Well, the parallel version was doing some chicanery, and the normal, this normal version wasn't... Like, I yeah. like all of that. And, and that that part, though, with the, with the alter realities, the doppelgangers, they could have played that off a lot more clean, Smarter, a lot yeah. smoother. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, there were times where I was confused. I wasn't sure... Who was who? But maybe that was the point. But the payoff didn't really, didn't really help things. Cause at the end, yeah. I still didn't even know. I still didn't even care who the characters were. If they were really that well, especially with the villain, quote unquote. It's like, well, okay, well, is that the, um, is that the real person? But I don't know. But at the end, of the day, I just didn't care. Um, I right. felt the film itself was just, it's, it's just really me trying to figure out what was it really. From, from, uh, for the word go, it should have made me care about the characters. Like, I was just watching them. I just felt like these bland archetypes. So you have the captain. You have the Asian who talks Chinese. And everybody knows what she's saying. Um, yeah. Because, you know, and it's McGill, Zhang Zi. I was like, well, okay, she's still acting. Okay, yeah. no problem. Um, you have the um, you have the German. You have this character. Um, I really wanted to, to, to learn more about... Um, let me see if I get her name right. Um, Gugu Mbataro. Please oh, yeah. have yeah, right. her um, She was in that episode of um, Black Mirror. Uh, season 2, I think. I think so, yeah. Sam Junipero. Right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know more about her because, I mean, this film has some great actors. I mean, don't get me wrong. They have some great actors. But you give them this scenario and I tell myself, okay, how are they going to play off this scenario? And then... It's just like, well, okay, well, this happened and that happened and this may happen and we're still trying to test out this this um, energy source thing and meanwhile, you have this stuff going on on Earth and I'm trying to understand what's going on on Earth here and you have this guy and then he meets this this um this little girl and then they're trying to survive but you still don't know what's going on and then, the, and, the, and then it's just all these questions hovering over your, de- over your head like why, 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 why? And then the logic too. I find that the movie was just devoid of logic. Like, not just the stuff on Earth, but the stuff that was on space. Like, why are these things happening? What is with this altered um, dimension? What is the meaning of all this? Now, the yeah. argument I'll say is because it's Cloverfield. And I hate this about Cloverfield, by the way. is um, The idea is, is about what you don't know. That's what makes it so scary. But here's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's scary. Cl- it's, a classic, it's a classic problem with J.J. Abrams. You yeah. know, the mystery box bullshit. No? Yeah. Which, look, I don't mind. It's just you had a you had to have a payoff and you make it work. The, my big problem with this is that because that's sort of uh, you know confused and muddled script, they they wanted to have it both ways. They wanted to connect it to the, the Cloverfield universe, but write their own lazy ass script and then connect it in the laziest and dumbest ways. No, yeah, um, you're and right. they didn't make no effort to try to connect it to the universe. So you either either have your own story and just do your own normal sci-fi and you hype that, or you make an effort and connect it to the universe. And they didn't they like wanted to have. Again, you know, you have a cake and eat it too, no? Yeah. And that was a big problem. Because it was really lazy. You're right. And you know what? I would I would argue, Dredd, that um, it almost feels like... I couldn't help but think about this, right? It really does feel like it just was like some throwaway script. Like somebody just have it there. It's like, hmm, nobody really but, doing this. But hey, let's well, just that was, slap that was a clue of feel and try off. to tie it in. It really does feel like of, it's two different films now. 
Yeah, but I just think that kind of pissed me off. It's like, wait, Olive could not make a better effort to try to square this with the Cloverfield universe. You know it have a big fan base out there. Yeah. I'm sure it have people have more than enough effort and, and, and wherewithal to build a world and make sense of it. And I was like, yeah, if you're working on this God Particle thing, I thought that was a big hype now. So what happened with her? Yeah. Uh, so that was a big disappointment because it, to hear that this was God Particle and then we get this, after all of that time, I was like, yeah, they kind of fucked this up. Sorry. Yeah, boy. So like at the end, you're not even sure if this was supposed to be the God Particle. You're not sure if this was supposed to be a theatrical release because this right here... Not even Netflix. This should have just been like direct to DVD dread. And you know, it's right. just a shame that it have the cool feel wood in it. And then oh gosh. That's I don't even want to spoil the ending, but the ending to me I gonna spoil the ending. Spo- bullshit. Yeah, spoil it. That was bullshit. Basically right? the last thing is like well they get back home and the last shot is when it, the husband is like, Well don't bring she back home because them monsters here and basically it's implied as the same monster from Cloverfield. And then yeah. the last shot is when they go into the clouds. The monster from Cloverfield will pop his head up and, above and, and the clouds, which don't make any fucking sense because the no. monster wasn't that big in the first place. Exactly. Or it's applied as another monster. Whatever. Yeah, and I um, don't know, like... <laughs> I don't know, maybe if I was drunk, I'd have been laughing at that scene because it just right, looks so exactly. unintentionally funny, yeah? But yeah, because was I was so annoyed by the film, annoyed and bored by it, I was just like, really, that's how they're going to end this film? Nah, fuck all that Nah, nah. So... Just to round things up, though, um, this to me, like, oh gosh, marketing-wise, Cloverfield could do no wrong, right? They could just drop right. trailers out of the blue and tell people, yeah, yeah, coming out now and all that kind of stuff. They, they have that right. in the bag, right? They do that well. But all that hype up, all that this, all that that shit, and this is what yeah, you give us. Bad in that sense. You give it us this, this kind of bargain basement film with unappealing characters or at least characters that I wish I cared about but I just didn't care about none of them sorry I just didn't uh, you gave me yeah. a story that just so blah in my opinion like oh well we worked on this thing and now we're in an altered reality and now yeah, our evil versions are here and stuff and and then but, uh, of course the it, it, they, they could even like make, they, they could make sense like they could even say alright you know how to make it clover feel but they could say alright I thought he was going to get into this real interesting deep story about parallel realities where Daniel Boo character is doing some chicanery on the other side and is to suss out that and they just make it real easy. Lazy yeah, script. yeah. It was just flat. It was empty. They could have delved in. They could have put some more effort into the story. I mean, yeah, come on. Effort. They did it before. They did it with yeah. with, with 10 Cloverfield. They're like, come on, they could yeah. do that. And then tie it at least connected to the universe much better, much smarter. But then, right. It's a really big yeah. disappointment. But, 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 <laughs> because, but because I'm not a huge, 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 huge fan because I didn't see the trailer, I didn't know anything about it prior to watching this film. Yeah, but you want to tell people that this is going to answer certain questions, but it doesn't yeah. at all. Like, for one thing, why why is the kaiju so incredibly big now? Now, I Level. saw a review of it. Now, let's talk about it quickly, where some person will say, well, this is like the alternate universe to Cloverfield. So, the events yeah. that was happening in the first film is like a, a different version of it. So, it's more heightened or whatever it is. But Whatever. it still don't make no sense. You still yeah. haven't given me a reason to care. Okay, so the one so, the one good yeah. takeaway from me from this movie is that I thought the three women were great on camera. And there's a book, one of my favorite sci-fi books for the last couple of years, a book called Seven Eves. To me, they are the like if they were to make a, a movie or TV series for Seven Eves, the three women are the perfect cast for three characters in the book. Right? This is Zhang Zhang Zi as Ivy. Mm-hmm. Um Gugu Mumbataro as 
uh, Moira and Elizabeth Debecki as Tekla because they, to me they fit those three character roles. So if you're making a movie, cast the three of them because they're perfect. That yeah. is it. That's more the takeaway from this movie. The rest is crap. It's a <laughs> the mess. Rest, the rest um, is crap. Uh, work. I didn't care about the scare factor. Uh, there I, yeah, was no scare this... factor. I'm sorry. Except for that. Waste of time. Except for the, the, um, the, the, dumb the action. thing. Yeah. Everything else. Dumb no. action. Dumb, dumb narrative building. I didn't care about anything. It had a couple little character moments, but most of it was, was, suck, was sucky and bad. Yeah. I'm going to give this not as low, not the lowest, lowest rating, but yeah, I'll give this, well, in, in all theater ratings. I'll give this probably a low CC8. Because this is a, a, a colossal... You've been fair. You've been real fair. All right. Yeah. But that's your, your score. Okay. Low, low CC8. Maybe a high globe. Maybe. What? Low CC8. All right. For me, this gets a 2 out of 5. Strong yeah. 2 out of 5. I want my money back. I know I didn't spend money on the show. But I still want my money back. This was a waste of time for me. This felt like the bastard child of of the of the of the cloverfield series as far yeah. it should not even have the word cloverfield in it in my opinion yeah um, this up. was just some kind of bargain basement sci-fi story that should have just been a better episode of um of black mirror you know what i mean yeah it just and, even if it was a black mirror episode it'll still be disappointing yeah, it'll still be disappointing like, you could have done so much more with this premise right? this is so basic and you know when you try to be when they, when you try to be complex sorry it just gets more confusing and more annoying with you know with every with the more effort that you try to figure out what's going on and why that's a big thing not so much what is going on but why and why we should care yeah boy this this was a letdown for me boy so two out of five i this is this is probably yeah this this, this is probably gonna make more woo stuff for the year too so Thank you, Netflix, for giving them a first movie stuff movie of 2018. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oscar nominees, and in this case, this is one that is um, nominated for quite a lot of awards, uh, well, six actually, uh, for the Academy Awards this year, uh, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting mm-hmm. Actress, yeah. and Best Original Score, um, and of course, Best Picture of the Year. Yeah. Is that five or six? I can't remember. But anyway, of course, we are talking about 
fandom thread. Uh, this is one yeah. that I know you uh, a diehard um, Paul T. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson fan. You were excited to yeah. see this. Me, um, well, this starting off. Uh, I won't call myself the biggest um, PTA fan, but I mean, to me, he is one of the the true modern film authors of this generation. I could easily yeah. say that. Um, I like how with his films though um he got more ambitious it just got like you know his scope just got bigger and bigger and bigger with his films um and even the ones that he kind of started off with like uh like for example uh boogie nights uh, which is still one of my favorite movies from him um it's still have your boy mark Wahlberg, but that was before he got to the you know the 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 the, the marky mark that we know and love today you know what right. I mean? yeah, um yeah. but I, I think you probably stomach the show even though and I, I, well I know you're a big PTA fan so I know you probably stomach the show even though um even though uh, Mark Wahlberg's in it and he does show his um his dick at the very end but anyway um but still a great movie yeah um, I haven't seen Magnolia but I heard it was great um, yeah, I, love I haven't it. seen Punch Rock Love I really need to I started yeah. watching The Master and I'm ashamed to see this but something happened and I never got back into it feeling bad oh. about that. I haven't seen Inherent Vice because um, I heard bad things about it. Yeah, but... that, well, in, Inherent Vice, out of, out of his entire film filmography, I'll say Inherent Vice is probably his, the one I like the least. I don't know about worse, but I was um, underwhelmed with that in particular. It really felt like a, a first draft edit. Right, right. And I like yeah. the style of it, like the style of how it looked in the trailer. the sort of um, right. you know, noir kind of vibe. But to me, the one movie that 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 really showed me how great of a of a director he is was There Would Be Blood. Yeah, that was the movie that just hooked me, boy. That music, powerful music score, so dark and dreary. Um, the cinematography, the story, um, Paul Dino's character, um, and of course Daniel Day Lewis's Oscar-winning performance as well too. And just how yeah. that character just deteriorates and is like the type of character they just love to hate. You know, be like there's so much, there's there's good in him, but it's just so overpowered by just the darkness inside of him. Do I just seeing his character just disintegrate in front of your eyes is just epic in my opinion. Um, of course, it gave us one of the best performances from Daniel Day Lewis ever in my honest opinion. And you know, just hearing that you know both of them, well, both him and Paul Thomas Anderson were going to reunite now for for Phantom Thread. It's like, well, weird, okay? Are yeah. we going to get that that same high caliber? Um, you know. Are we gonna get that same high caliber um, performance from from Daniel Day Lewis? Is Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson gonna come true? You know, with a with a solid um, directing, um, with a solid film here. We're not too sure. Well, I wasn't sure uh, honestly, but I heard a lot of great things about it last year. It um, I know it made a lot of people's top ten list, but unfortunately, we didn't get to see it till literally a couple of days ago. So, uh, Ricardo, I know you love PT a lot. So yeah, gush over this man. Tell me, tell, tell uh, me yeah, why no, you love uh, this yeah, guy so much. Wanna- Living, one of them, my favorite living directors, uh, easily. Uh, it, it's just the, his style. He really, you really get a modern, a good working sense of um, camera movement, storytelling. Because his his real strength is writing. Um, right. Yes. Yes. He, he knows how to tell a great story, great characterization, um, overall. Um, and, but and the movie that even though it was a slight disappointment, um, is a movie I really really like because of its strong its strengths outweighed its weaknesses by far. Which was the master. That's relatively recently. That's right. about what. Six years ago, five years ago, but six uh, years, yeah. right? And it—he it, is just a good, good storyteller in general. He knows how to build a world, knows how to make great characters live in that world, and then builds from there. As I said, I was I was underwhelmed slightly by uh, well, I was, I was big disappointed by his advice because because he like he went through a phase like he needed to do humor, right. and it just do fit his, his 
fit his style very well. Yeah. But overall, uh, big fan of the director. Almost all of his movies are like Boogie Nights, There Will Be Blood. And uh, you could go through the filmography, but whatever. Yeah. I want to talk about Phantom Thread. All right. Uh, yeah, I kind of want him to win for this. Okay. Well, yeah. we, um, well, we we we'll, we'll argue about that. Um, but um, I'll just jump into the the story here one time, right? So. This story um, is actually set in um, 19, well London in the 1950s. Um, Daniel Lewis plays the character of um, Reynolds Woodcock. He is yeah. a, a famous fashion designer at the time. He creates, um, he makes um, women's dresses, and he is a literal artist in every sense of the word. You know, he puts a lot of time and effort into designing these dresses, right? Um, and one thing about him, you know, because he's designed um, dresses, he has to interact with, with, with people. So he interacts with women, of course. Um, well, his sister, Cyril, who is played by Leslie Manville, who is nominated for Best Supported Actress, she assists him as yeah. well. Um, she's the, well, she is the one person who knows him inside out. Because um, basically we learned early on that um, he lost his mother um, at some point in time in his life. And, you know, he still misses her and stuff like that. Now. And he has a lot of, um, you know, he has a lot of, He's, he's, he's insecure, you know, he has a lot of, yeah. you know, um, character Let's flaws and all that kind of stuff, you know, so there's certain things that people do that, you know, that that offend him, and not to the point that he will, like, straight up cuss you out, but he'll just kind of express how annoyed he is, and you'll just kind of push it aside, so to him, that's how he sees people, it's just like, alright, I just want to be alone, I want to be working on my, on my craft, I want to be designing right. this stuff, but if I need you to help more, you'll come true, but that's all I need you for, that's your help. But all that changes though when um, one day he, well, actually, I believe he's on vacation um, and he runs. Well, he goes, uh, we will, no, we'll talk about that because I don't think it's vacation, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, well, well, he yeah. just, he just kind of steps out for a while. He just steps out of the house literally because, you know, he's living, he's living good and everything. Um, and he meets a, a waiter. Um, well, sorry. Well, uh, work at a restaurant. Um, her name is um, Alma Elson. She's played by Vicky Kripes. Or Kripes, yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. And instantly they fall in love. Well, she falls. Well, sorry, he falls head over heels in love with her, and they start this relationship um, afterwards. But the thing is with her is that you know she wants to spend more time with him, but he's like, all right, I want to be, I want to, I want to focus on my work and all that kind of stuff. And later on, she right. learns how dedicated, how deep he is to the work. Almost to the point where it's like, well, come on, um, I'm right here. Why aren't you speaking with me? Why can't we take some time and spend some time with each other? It's like, well, you know what? Just not really feeling it. And then. As you learn things more, as you learn more about each other, um, well, throughout the film, we learn different things about them, and this is where the film kind of goes a little dark as well. And yeah. once we learn Boy. more about these characters, then we start to understand this relationship that they're in. And just to jump into the review here, um, this is a pretty interesting relationship that I've seen like, on screen relationship here because you. yeah, yes, anything, eh? I did not fucking expect somebody to see an Oscar award winning movie to have a woman walk over on a man. I know, right? <laughs> that was catching me with his dread. So, here's the thing, here's the thing. So, going into this thing, I was, I was telling myself, alright, so this is clearly not, this relationship just does not work, right? Um, I, I, Alma wants to be with Reynolds, but Reynolds is like, well, you know what? Yeah, I love you and everything, but I had to work, you know what I mean? You know, I really had to do this, you know what I mean? And I understand, you know, as well, from a woman's perspective, she wants to spend time with him, she wants to have dinner, they want to go out, they want to dance. He's like, no, 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 you know what I mean? Like, I get that. And at times, I was like, well, okay, so why you start this relationship with her in the first place? Like, I get that. 
And I was telling myself, well, okay, this relationship is kind of toxic, right? When you <laughs> learn a certain something, where you see the OBR. I was like, well, wait now, okay, so, alright, is she getting back at him? And then the thing kind of flips now. I uh, don't want to spoil anything beyond that, but then, to me, this film really shows how toxic the relationship is, but not in a, uh, yes, and I use toxic. <laughs> Good, good use of the word. Right, no, that's all I have that, to say. But we, um, we had to talk about that because okay, yeah. so for me, this movie has a really strong. It's a really strong character piece. Yes, it is. It is. Right, incredibly strong character piece. Good world building because the more and more I think about it, I had to watch it a second time. Me too, actually. Me too. But but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about, about I'll, it, I'll talk about the, the, the second viewing in a bit. But continue. Yes, and the more and more. Um, the more and more I think about it, the smarter it gets when you think about it. In terms yes, of like, it does, yeah. how, how, wait, it's just like, oh, this is why this. And then when she was explaining to this person that, okay, that makes more sense in terms of this. And it was cool. I, I, I really, really like what they did with this. And then the big twist, don't want to say what it is, but again, she basically walk out OB on him. Yeah, not as, not as gross as that, if you want to make that point, but it's basically that. Yeah. Uh, but you'll see. And, a lot of it um, was great. Like, first of all, it's, it's impeccably shot. Oh my god, this is a gorgeous, gorgeous looking yeah. movie. Like I was watching this thing, and I was like, um, like to me um, with this movie here, I felt that PTA was harkening back to classic British cinemas. So, like I was seeing yeah. bits of like um, Rebecca from from um, Alfred Hitchcock. I was seeing um, Barry, Barry Lyndon. Yeah. Perfect example, Barry Lyndon, you know? Barry Lyndon, not, yeah. Not just for the costume design and the decor and the, the set design, but the music, which I am rooting for to win Best Original Score. This yeah, look, score I, I'm is a huge fan of Johnny Greenwood. Johnny um, Greenwood. Always like his subscribe. Wow. Like, I, I think one of the biggest highlights of the master was its soundtrack. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard that one. But, yeah, but, it, but, like, yeah, but this score. Look up the soundtrack and this Johnny Greenwood is always give a good, uh, like, all PTA films with Johnny Greenwood is. is Great song tracks, so this should win, I think. I, I really remember again, did he, did he do the score for There Will Be Blood? Because I, I love the score yeah. for this one. I, I really yeah. did. Okay, well, weird, yeah, but this score is like classic, jazzy, yeah. rock back on a, on a chair and sip some yeah. orange juice kind of vibe. Boy. Like, I could see myself just like on a Sunday morning, just relaxing, chilling, and listening to this soundtrack. It is so smooth. But what I like to do is not just lean back and jazzy and take it. It does get a little darker. It does it get? It does get a little bit more thematic and a little tragic, a little bit more serious. You know, through all the uh, well, later all the, the film, but just that opening song though. That song they use during the intro. I love that piece. Um, but yeah, cinematography looks looks gorgeous as well. Another uh, well, another Kubrick movie that I was reminded of. There's one scene where you saw uh, where you saw Daniel Day Lewis and Vicky Cripes uh, in a car driving in the night, and if you look um, yeah. like above, you see they see like the forest uh, are lit. And I was thinking yep. like a clockwork orange, but like that one shot where um, Marco McDowell and his uh, his his droog, sorry, are driving through the countryside. And you yep. see that I was like, well, where this is Kubrick, man, I love this. Yeah, but, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like PT just drawing from these from authors, you know, and being his own author as well, not just with the story which he wrote, but just the way how it's told, the way how it's shot, the you know, the camera movement and all that kind of stuff. Um, Acting superb, superb, yeah. superb, superb. Um, Daniel Day Lewis, 
I mean, seeing that he delivered a great audience, is a uh, great performance. Sorry, is like seeing um like uh, Meryl Streep give a great performance, like what we said last time when he when he right. posted. Like you know what you what to what to expect from him. And while he didn't do any, there will be blood meltdowns. I mean, he does get angry at, at some point in time in the, in the film, of course, because you know he is. He is dealing with people who are testing his patients, right? But it wasn't to the point where it's like he was flipping out and going crazy. But the way how he reacts to them felt realistic to his yeah. character, where he's kind of quiet and he's reserved and he's to himself. So when he flips out, it's like, well, yeah, that's how I imagine him to flip out as well. Um, yeah. I like that he was kind of a of a, of a prick. He was kind of like an asshole, but that like well, just <laughs> glaring out there. It's like, well, if you look at it closely, we how he moves like, well, yeah, he kind of a. He kind of a, he kind of an asshole though, you know what I mean? No, but right. So it's implied that he has something akin to manic depression or maybe bipolar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at yeah. some points he's he's really joyful and really you know he, right. he really wants Amadeuta. Next time is like, well, no, stay away from me, please, leave me alone, you know? Right. Yeah. And um, continue. Good. Then it's um again not not spoilers. Well, as I said, we walk the Obia, but it's not really spoilers. She also has a mental health problem as well. Yes, and that's something that, that I didn't expect too, though, because at first I was watching this thing and I was asking myself, okay, well, all right, she's a woman, she she fell in love with this guy, she wants to be with a man, I understand, okay, I get that, but why is she reacting to things like that? Because like there was one scene, um, a, din- uh, a dinner scene, right, where, well, yes. this is like the first time they were quarreling, right, and the way how she was responding to him. He's getting angry, right? He's cursing and stuff like that. But the way how she's reacting to it is almost like she didn't want to kind of go all out. She kind of hold him back. But at the same time, it's almost like she couldn't. She can't really take it in real life now. Like she doesn't right. like take criticism likely or you know, like normal people do. She doesn't know how to process that or something like that. So there's right. there's really like an issue with how she reacts to things. It was really kind of interesting. Um, of that, you know, and it's really good that you mentioned that too because I thought that was really what I was worried. But why is she reacting to this like that? Why she not like, you know, like from the word go, she could have just like leave the table and bust out. But she just there, like trying to fight back, but not even working out. Not even it's just awkward, you know what I mean? But I was wondering if so it was raw with her or what, you know what I mean? So yeah, um, yeah. What no, else? well, yeah. okay, so again, uh, we, I'll, I'll be spoiling the film here from here on in, but it's implied that she has what I what I think she has, and it, it, it ties into his personality in the worst way. As I said, it's a shared pathology, or what I call a, a, a kind of um, symbiosis of pathologies almost, where she has something akin to Munchausen by Munchausen syndrome. Okay. Right, and so she, you're, it's it, because you're thinking, oh, she's just doing it by anger or revenge when, when, when she does actions the first time, yeah. and they realize, no, 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 it's it's a dependency culture. Yeah. So you're wondering what's going on there, and then the sister is complicit in the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that that whole tree, the three of them playing that that whole thing playing itself out, it's really fucked up when you think about it. Yes, it does. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's like this kind of weird relationship going on between the three of them now. Yeah. And um, before I forget, um, Leslie Manville, um, I thought was great in this though. Um, yeah, I'd be glad if she win uh, best supported. I kind of doubt it, but I thought right. that I like her. I really like her performance. Like the way how she kind of held her own. She held her ground. She stood up to to Reynolds. I always calling him out and she's like, yo, um, right. But that's that that the most important yeah. part because okay, so again, the more I think about it, it was really really clever because. 
what, remember they established in the early part where the, it had another girl and the other girl get essentially disappear. Yes. Right. So she's out of his life. But what happened is that remember she said, go to the cottage and I'll meet you there. And then she meets she meets there with book book in hand ready with the measurements thing, right? Yeah. So it not it wasn't a vacation. That was like largely intentional. Right. It's yes, a yes, big yes, yeah. Double plan. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that to have is basically a big trial by fire by testing the girl and see if she could join them. And if she's not ready, then she'll get kicked out. Yeah. And but it's testing is testing Reynolds as well. That's mm-hmm. why she didn't tell Reynolds nothing when she when the girl entered the room at the end. Yeah. She didn't tell him nothing. She just let him talk. And then she reacted the same way. And then he was like, all right, well, it's your test too. And then what she reacted and how she reacted too is that third is like a triple symbiol- symbiosis of psychology. And, yeah, and psychology yeah. going on there now. That's, that's a really and good point. And character yeah. standpoint, that's brilliant. Because at, at first I thought that, okay, well, his sister is like kind of not aware of what's really <laughs> going on behind the scenes. It's almost like she just kind of let things play all the way they do. It's like right. she has no care. No, but that's the thing. That's the thing. I okay, so here's here's the only thing that kind of ruined my enjoyment of this film. I didn't go in completely blind. Okay. Right? I, I went in expecting a twist. Well me too, actually. I was wondering what right? was gonna happen. The first right. time when the thing, I was I thought, Oh, is this the twist? But we still have right. more to go. And I, then, I was I was just yeah. trying to like I trying to figure out like what's going on now. So I in my head I was like, Well it had to be something salacious and whoa, where's the big twist at the end? And I was thinking well, it's, oh, well, they, they, they're trying to cover up for him being gay or something. And it's like, no. And is it that, um, like, it's a big plan to get, like, women for the, the sister? Because the sister's probably a lesbian. And, like, no, it's not that. Or is it that um, it's some kind of incest between him and his sister? I was like, no. <laughs> it could have been and that, like, but, yeah. And then in my head, I was like, well, oh, it's, it's possibly that she is his daughter, maybe. And it's, like, as a long-lost daughter. Oh, so you, 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 you were just figuring it out like, in your head. You were just trying to calculate it. Right, right exactly. I was, just, I was just trying to run through the big go subtext twist stuff now in terms of the... the and I just look at the visual language now. Yes. Like, you know, the sister and the, him sit down on one side, but she sit down distance from the two of them. Like, what's going on there? like, always there, <laughs> you know? Right. Especially and, when they have it, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, shouldn't this be, like, a private thing? And he always asking for the sister. And I think so. I try to solve this problem, and then you realize what's going on. It's like, okay, PTA is not a man who go and go simple with you. No, right? No, 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 no. I go and hear next level. It don't gonna be some lame, salacious bullshit like this. And um, yeah, what you do with it? What you did with it was really, really clever and brilliant. When you think about it, it's subtle. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, really it's subtle. Subversive. Yeah, and and this really like for me, like I always say, this is a toxic relationship. It really shows yeah. just how toxic it is there. And you know, right. it's funny that both of us saw this before Valentine's Day because I was like telling myself, this is like the perfect anti-Valentine's Day movie. Right, because... that's the, the joke I was going to make because this movie is like, what if our genuinely smart person take Fifty Shades of Grey and make it into their own thing? Yes, yes, yes. Because it's like a relationship that not supposed to work on people when they think right. about it. That, right. They don't really that get along, but they need themselves, they need each other, but it's the reasons why when you or when they right. really think about it, especially with uh with Daddy Delus's character. It's like because at first when he when he makes a reveal, it's like, but wait now, but you actually gonna put up with this still because right. you realize what's going on here, right? You know what's going yeah. on, right? But then I I remember one particular scene um, involved, well, I'm not going to spoil that part. There's one particular scene where he's close to death. That's all I would say. 
And then when yeah. I told him, I was like, well, oh, okay, so this yeah. is why. So it's yeah. a dependency yeah. on yeah. her to, to it's, fill it's this a, need a, As I say, I, I keep calling it the perfect symbiosis of pathologies because it's, it's like, wait now, under normal circumstances, he would not flourish. Under exactly, normal yes. circumstances, she will not flourish. Yeah. Under normal circumstances, your sister wouldn't be a pussy. But when you combine this perfect pot, you have a weird synthesis of crazy now. <laughs> Yeah, boy. And it worked because and it look, worked. That's, that's the money. thing. Is like, well, <laughs> and I at the end, all of that, right? Yeah, and that would make it like, so weird. I... It's like, but it it still works all the same, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know, like, like it's, but yeah, the, you're you're right, though. Like, when this really where the show ended. Um, and by yes. the way, I love the 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 use of the the um. The title cards at the end, it's very classy. It's very old school. The way how they just kind of cross these all from each other. It's like real classic 50s and 60s cinema. Um, you know, if you're familiar with like Stanley Kubrick films and, you know, old, just old yes. movies there, it has that, that feel. I love the end of this movie. Um, yeah. But it's really one of those shows that when you think about it, at first, it just kind of wraps up. You're like, oh, okay. That is not what I expected it to be. This is really messed up. But then when you, when you think about it more and more and more, it's like, well, oh, right. Now I see it. It starts to connect now. And then it's like, oh, that's what this was about now. You know what I mean? So, yeah, this is like really smart, clever writing here. Um, One gripe that I have with the show, though, one gripe. I just have one gripe. Because I won't right. say it's a perfect show. Uh, the pacing. This is... Well, no. Well, all, I would say it is. It, it's, it's slow. It's a slow burn. And when yeah, you think about it, it needs to be because of that payoff at the end. But I imagine because to so some people, I, they might be like, was, all right, this is really slow. When, come on, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. And no, no, I wasn't no, like that, but I was but like, I all right, think, but this is a little that, slow. Yeah, you, right. you complain about pacing, right? I had no... no I, I, while I was watching, I was watching my watch. Eh? I was watching my watch. Because it was feeling slow at times. But you see, you see what I mean? Slow ending, at times, yeah. No, because of the ending, when you look back, is a backpedal now. I had to go back to check back what going on in my memory with that. It serves a perfect purpose. So it's like, in retrospect, it actually is not a bad thing. For me, at least. Right. But I, I, I do agree with you, Pace. And I was watching my watch at a couple times during the film. I was like, wait, what is what going on? Where is going? Yeah. Kind of slow here. But in retrospect, it all serves a purpose towards that ending where you figure out, oh, this is what the fuck going on? All right. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Makes sense. As you, I say, you're, I'm you're born, right, though, I don't because, because it, really, it doesn't feel like like because once again because you have a great director helming this yeah. it doesn't feel like any scene was wasted like I'm not going to say that you could have taken out a couple of scenes or whatnot. this probably could have sped up a couple of them but I think that everything like every scene serves its purpose you know leading up to that to that end you know whether it's yeah. a nice little scene with um, Daniel Day-Lewis and Vicky you know um, together or you know them at a party distant from each other everything kind of serves its purpose and then when the yeah. end hits it's like oh okay so it's like right. this kind of no, love I, you hate you kind of thing, but it's something where yeah they kind of need each other, even though this relationship just should not work at all, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I'm just gonna wrap up quick here. I yeah. give me a reason. Um, yeah, sure, sure. I had to give this one a high IMAX. This well done. Was well hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, it. I I will compare this to is a return to form for Paul W. Um, as oh whoa. Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> you always say Paul um, W.S. there? Hmm? Right, no, as God mentioned, is a, is a, it reminds me of another Wes Anderson film. Uh, no, sorry, another Anderson. And his film on a return to form, The Grand Budapest Hotel. That was ah, a return yes, to form yes, for yes, him. Yes, yes. Yeah. And this is a return to form for him, for Paul Thomas Anderson. I thought 
this was excellent. Um, yeah, it's not a it's not a lowbrow twist, nor is it a a smart filmmaker doing a dumb trashy twist like in the case of Gone Girl. Right. Gone Girl was a great filmmaker doing a trashy novel. Yeah, kind of salacious kind of thing. Yeah. Right. No, this is a smart guy with a smart sense of thing. It's not pretentious. I don't think it's pretentious at all. Oh, oh, oh it, no, sir, no. <laughs> it, fits, it fits within that culture of pretension, but that's why it works. Yes. Because of who he is as a character, right? And why these characters work in the way they work in, the, in this world and the time. But it's a smart guy doing a smart premise, and then when you reveal what's going on, it's like, yeah, this really works. I had to get a high man touch, loved it. I really hope Paul Thomas Anderson wins the Oscar for this, for Best Director. At least as Best Director. Right. Rather win Best Film. But as Best Director, I, I had to give him it. This was really good. It's really expertly directed. Well shot. Um, the acting is great. You could tell he know where to put his actors and his crew. The it, camera flows great. Good good use of um, editing and shots. The music is great and fits quite well. Um, Johnny Greenwood comes good with the soundtrack. Yeah, I really love this movie. Alright. Well, good, good, good. Um, for me, though... Um... This would have been my top ten list for sure. Definitely um, not not top Definitely. five, not top five, but between probably six a and top ten, five as well for sure. Um, I don't think number one. See it. It'll probably be it'll probably be number two, number one with with our um, mother. It'll uh, be higher. Uh, I, I would have put that between six or so probably like eight or ten or so because I, I, I did see it. it'll be high because it's what is what going on now. I find it it yeah. like it real smart when you think about it. It is, it is, it is, and you're yeah. right though. It is one of those shows that. It's only when you leave, like when you take when you when you, when you, when you, when you process it, when you when you process the movie in your head. Sorry, it's like yeah. oh my god, wow! Like I was literally doing that after I left yeah. the theater. I was like, oh my god, that is what was really going on. Wow, yeah. You know I mean? So yeah, credit where credit is due. Though this script is superb. Um, although I would argue that this is, I would say this also for people going in blind. Um, this is a slow burn, but it is intentional. Um, and I would say like if you're not a fan of like period like costume dramas or period pieces whatever you might just find this one to be a shorter sit through but i say if you are patient if you just sit sit through it you will be immensely rewarded um, so it, at, it's, it's one of those movies it's one of those movies that def- definitely deserve a second watch um, yes 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 but, for me uh, I, I and i'm i more than likely it's gonna it's gonna be better the second time i watch it because i know what to look for and what to where my brain had a point to know Right. Well, I mean, it had a little, slight, little small details, like he likes a little belly. Love it. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I think it back at that, it's like, holy shit, that kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, 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 yes. You know, little things like that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it adds up. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but, but for me, the, unlike what, what, Inherent Vice, which doesn't hold up a second watch, this uh, definitely does. Yeah. Uh, for me, what I, was, what I was about to say is that I was worried also when I left the, 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 the cinema was that, okay, I love the twist. I love how it. it beating me and then the hook and all that kind of stuff but I was warning if I, if I watch it again would I still be drawn to this would I really love this film as, as much as I did here now yeah. you know uh, because I mean at the moment I could only judge it for the first time I saw it and to me this is an excellent movie uh, yeah. but I hope that I do enjoy it more when I with subsequent views because yeah this is this is one of the the, the, the Paul Thomas Anderson movies that I genuinely want to see again not just from a, yeah. a writing perspective or a character perspective but also from a filmmaker's pers- uh, perspective I love the way how he just drew inspiration from you know all uh, you know well particularly British cinema um, I know yes. Stanley Kubrick is American but he made films in, in England but you know he was just drawing from that and really making it fresh and new and everything I just love that the the, the the care that he put into these shots the way how they look the way how 
cinematography looks like um that excellent music i am rooting this i'm rooting for this to win best original score i love this yeah. score um daddy lewis kills it again if he wins i'll be happy but boy he going two to two against gary Oldman, so i don't know right. how things gonna play out here but if he wins i'll be glad uh, yeah no uh I, there's a hard it's a hard comparison in that category but we'll talk about it when uh, time to talk about it but yeah. uh, uh if but, anything but... i'll probably give gary Oldman it yeah, but but this right. definitely has to win something, and even if it right. does not win Best Picture, um, I hope that more people do check out this movie. I hope because this really deserves a lot of attention, a lot of praise. Uh, once again, like I said before, this is not going to be for everyone, especially if it's in the costume dramas or period pieces or yeah. slow burn movies. But trust me, if you have the patience, if you just love the craft of you know what you're seeing visually and of course the the characters and how well developed and complex complex they are and of yeah. course the smart writers especially with that twist at the end which is subtle but then when you think about it, it just adds so much to what has been shown before yeah this gets uh, a light four and a half out of five man this is right. one of the best shows of 2017 that I got to see in 2018. And just thinking about it, yeah, this is the best movie for me. Man. I really, really, really can't wait to see this movie again for sure. But this is Paul Thomas Anderson at his best. Though. And this, for me, though, all I would say, I don't know, I haven't seen all of his films, but this to me is where it, it felt like his most mature work. It felt like, all right, this is me yeah. going auteur level here right now. This is like yeah. what Scorsese did with The Age of Innocence. This is what Stanley Kubrick did with Barry Lyndon. I'm just reaching that level. I'm going to show you guys there's more to me than, okay, uh, all right, I could rope in this actor here and I could do this and I could maybe get Oscar whatever. This this guy is the truth, man. This guy is a true auteur in every sense of the word. Yeah. And yeah, this movie is, is testament to that. So, yeah, by all means, guys, definitely, definitely, definitely check out Phantom Tread. This is one yeah, for sure fantastic. I'm going to see again. Happy. Loved yeah. it. All right. So, yeah. Ricardo, where can we find you online, man? Um, plus at R-M-E-D-D-Y. That is at R-M-E-D-D-Y. At R-M-E-D-D-Y. At R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. And then you can just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. you find me there. All right. You can also find me on Twitter. Just look for Legally Black MGB. MJB and capital S's. You can also find me on Facebook. Just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, alongside a legally black blog official fan base, where you find a link to this podcast here, as, you, as well as the others that we've done before. And on the subject of that, uh, well, we recently did a special little segment here uh, on BSB, BSB to Bailey, sorry, called Retrospect Reviews. In this case here, we talked about the, the hip hop album. Uh, 50 says get rich or die tried so you know yeah. I'll put the link to that below please check that out please show it some love uh, but this is something that we're going to be approaching this year so not just with albums but also with movies that came out over the past 10, 15, 20, 25 years and so far you'll be surprised with the amount of movies that, uh, or amount of great movies I'll say that are going to be you know celebrating their anniversaries this year 2018 so you know you can look out for that hopefully this year with our show um, and the subject of stuff to look forward to, um, uh, Black Panther for one thing, we definitely, we of definitely course. can't wait to see that. Just two yeah. more weeks, guys. Just two more weeks until we, uh, then we're gonna get that. Re- then you guys gonna get a review of it. Um, also, on the I mean, so um, Adidas, Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, boy. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear not so good things about the fifteen seventeen to Paris. Right, so I'll, I'll, maybe I sure. to go see that. Uh, maybe I might check it out. I mean, there's my boy Clint Eastwood, but right, I don't know. Um, I'm supposed to be getting that wish later on this month, right? Um, and also before I forget this, finally, in terms of TV, 
I will finally, finally, finally be binging season one of Star Trek Discovery. I can't wait to okay. experience it. I hope that yeah, I enjoy the, uh, it. The, yeah, the finale is tonight. Um, yeah. It's a show that I generally like. It's uh, doing things I like in terms of the world building and whatnot. I, 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 most of the, I've noticed most of the critics and fans against the show has, has operated largely in bad faith. Uh, most of them, I should say, very few of them actually gave solid critiques and uh, that I could respect. Um, but yeah, tonight is the finale. We're gonna see if they if they stick the landing. Um, if they don't. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. as a non-tricky fan, I just hope to be totally entertained by this. That's all I want. No problem. So yeah. All right. That's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever you listen. This, this was much Bailey and Ricardo Medina, and we are signing off from another episode of Bears Beats and Bailey. So until the next one, take care, peace. Okay. Thank you.